When things feel hard or overwhelming and you just aren't sure how it's all going to work out, I want to remind you today of this simple fact. Focus on your feet. Are you ready to make a change in your life but not sure where to start? Welcome to Moms on the Rise, where we believe that as moms and as women, we can choose to create a life we love. I'm Camille Beckstrand, a mindset coach and fellow mom on this journey of rising up in all areas of our lives. So join me and let's rise together. Welcome back to Moms on the Rise. Here we are a community of moms who are working on becoming more and reaching that potential that we have inside of us. As a trigger warning today, I wanted to let you know that this episode is going to talk about miscarriage. So if this isn't something that you feel comfortable listening to, I would love to invite you to listen to one of our other episodes that might better serve you. So today I thought I would share a story that I feel a lot of you could relate to. And maybe if you can't relate specifically to this one thing, I bet there's a way that you can find to apply this in your own life. So going all the way back to when Jared and I got married, we got married super young. I was a junior in college. I was 20 years old. Jared was 21 years old, and he actually was just a freshman in college when we got married. And so we were super young. I came from a really big family, and I always wanted kids, lots of kids. I was the oldest of six girls, and i just so excited to be a mom. However, Jared, being the smart man that he is, he wanted us to wait a little bit. And he's like, let's finish school first, and let's do some big things first before the kids come. Now, I don't think there's a wrong or right time to have kids. I think that it's a personal thing between you and your partner. As Jared and I talked about it more, we felt really good about that, that at least I should get through college. I was a junior, like I was so close to being done. So we did wait for a couple of years before we started trying for kids. I graduated from college. I had a great job and had been working there for about a year, year and a half. And we finally decided that we would start trying for our family. And it didn't happen. You would think that I was young and I was healthy, like this shouldn't be a problem, right? Like getting pregnant should come pretty easily, but it didn't. And I was pretty bummed out, actually. And I was seeing a lot of my friends starting their families and getting pregnant. And oh, it was hard. Those were some hard times. After about a year-long experience with infertility and being diagnosed with PCOS, I became pregnant with our oldest daughter. And it was a miracle. That is a story for another day, but it just was absolutely a miracle in my life. After she was born, we didn't do anything to prevent pregnancy because we didn't know if it was going to be a struggle or not to get pregnant again. And when our daughter was just 13 months old, I became pregnant with my son. So he was born. And after that, I had two babies under 22 months. And I decided, ooh, AB birth control would be a good option at this point. I was a little bit overwhelmed and Jared was going to school full time. He was trying to finish up his doctor of physical therapy. And so he was gone a lot. I was on my own and I just thought, okay, let me, let's take a little break, make sure nothing happens. So I then got an IUD and it was supposed to be 99.9% effective. And I felt good about it. I felt safe. I thought there's no way that I am not 0.1% of people that would possibly get pregnant. And so my babies were growing up a little bit and I was just feeling like, okay, I got my feet under me. I'm starting to just barely maybe sleep through the night or only wake up once in the night. Like I was feeling good. And then the symptoms started. I was tired. I didn't feel good. I was bloated. 
but I had this IUD. There was no way I was pregnant, right? And so I took a test and sure enough, I was. I felt the full spectrum of emotions was that I was going to have three babies under the age of four, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. And for someone who was once told that having babies might not happen, that PCOS made it really hard to get pregnant, that I just had some problems, this was a miracle, right? And I was so thankful for that miracle because I knew what it was like to be on the flip side of not being able to get pregnant. But then here I was on the other end with the stress kicking in and I just didn't know how we were going to do this. Jared had just graduated from graduate school and was just starting his practice as a physical therapist. We had just purchased our first home and money was so tight. Anyway, I was working on my own business. I mean, taking care of two toddlers. You know how busy your life is and life is already so busy and I couldn't imagine throwing a newborn into the mix. But like we do, we take it in stride and say, okay, when there's a will, there's a way. I will make this out. It required me putting a lot of faith in God and a lot of faith in myself that I could do this. So the day that I found out I was pregnant, my OB had me come in and he removed my IUD. And he told me that day, there's a 50% chance of miscarriage. I was about eight weeks along at that point. The hormones from the IUD had mixed with the hormones of this new baby. And so he's like, there's a really high chance of having a miscarriage. But I had had no miscarriages in my family, in my family history at that point. This baby came about under miraculous circumstances. And so I just knew, like, this baby is going to be mine. And I didn't even give it a second thought. So we watched this little baby grow in ultrasounds and we saw her moving and we saw her kicking and we listened to her heartbeat and we found out she was a girl. Everything looked good until it didn't. And so Jared was going out of town for a couple of days to a physical therapy conference to learn the latest and greatest things in his field. And so I was going to be alone for a couple of days, but it was fine. So I woke up on Friday. He had left Thursday night. I woke up on Friday and I didn't feel well. And I texted Jared, oh, I'm not feeling great today. And he's like, oh, just take it easy. When the kids go down for a nap, make sure you go down for a nap. I'm like, okay, great idea. Easier said than done, right? We've all been there. But this not feeling well progressed into Saturday. And so I was texting my mom and dad just saying, hey, I just don't feel very well. Kind of feel like the flu, maybe like stomach ache, just not feeling great. And they're like, okay, let us know if we need to take the kids. I'm like, great, we'll be in touch. And then Sunday, Sunday morning, I woke up and the contractions started. And I was absolutely in denial. This baby wasn't due for months. There is no way she was coming. And I called my parents and said, hey, I just still not feeling good. I'm feeling some things, maybe contractions, but I don't think so because they wouldn't be happening right now. And so my parents are like, why don't you come over? We'll feed you dinner. We'll feed the kids dinner. And that way you can just kind of lay low. I'm like, great. So I go over there. We sit down to eat dinner. And like I said, I'm the oldest in my family. And so some of my little sisters still lived at home. They were in like junior high and high school. And we're sitting at the kitchen table eating dinner. And all of a sudden, I just had the desire to push. It's amazing what our bodies know to do. This baby was coming. And it was right there at that dinner table. And that was when the bleeding started. And I knew it wasn't good. So my mom stayed with the kids. And my dad drove me to the emergency room. And my dad is always so calm and collected. And he is a rule keeper through and through, just like me. But he was beating so fast on those streets to the hospital while I was sitting there with a towel between my legs, resisting the urge to push and trying to process what was happening and telling myself, this wasn't happening. This isn't what you think it is. It's going to be okay. 
and uh, just so many unknowns. And I could see in my dad's eyes that he just thought, what the heck is going on? I need to get my daughter help. So I got to the hospital and they confirmed what I knew to be true deep down inside that this baby girl had passed and that my body was doing its job of letting her go. Unfortunately, I was losing blood at such a rapid rate and they could not stop it. And so I needed to go to surgery right away for an emergency DNC and to stop the bleeding. And so from the time I was admitted to the hospital to being wheeled back to surgery was probably 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes tops. And so my dad let Jared know what was going on and Jared tried to get on a plane as fast as he could to get back home to me. Surgery went fine. And there were some cool miracles that happened that day while I was in the hospital by myself. That again is another story for another day, but the surgery worked and the bleeding stopped. And I remember when I was waking up, I touched my stomach and I just knew it was empty. And that is not something that I would wish on my greatest enemy, that feeling of emptiness. And 12 years later, and I still get choked up about it because to me, you become the mama of that baby the second you learn you are pregnant. And that bond is made. And it didn't make sense to me that she was conceived under such miraculous circumstances. And then it was just over, just like that. So Jared made it to the hospital late that night after finding a quick flight home and paying through the roof to get that flight, which we couldn't afford. But I'm so thankful that he did because I needed him. We drove home and the only way to just describe how I felt was just empty. It felt empty inside, maybe even hollow. The days and weeks and months and even years after a miscarriage are just hard. I had to learn a lot of things. I had to learn how to grieve and what that really looked like and the ups and downs of grief and that it doesn't ever really go away, just maybe changes a little bit. I had to learn how to accept things the way they were. I had to learn to forgive myself for first not wanting the baby after I learned I was pregnant to feeling that maybe those feelings are what caused the miscarriage or that maybe I had done something wrong that had harmed her or that my choice to be on birth control is what caused her not to live. I had to forgive myself of all those things and recognize that isn't why this happened. I also had to learn to not resent my body and be mad that it couldn't sustain her life. Those were some really hard and dark times. I remember waking up one morning, maybe a week or so after the miscarriage, and I just felt like a zombie. I had no desire to wake up. My body was healing from the trauma. My body just seemed to be in this state of confusion. My milk was coming in, but there's no baby to nurse. Should I start my period again? Like, what's this limbo that we are in? I was pregnant and now I'm not. And my brain just felt like it was in a state of confusion as well. Where do I go from here? Do I try to hurry, get pregnant again? Or do I take a break? Because obviously there's some things I have to work through. What is my purpose right now? And as I looked to the future, it felt overwhelming. How was I ever going to have a day where I just didn't feel sad? A day where I didn't wake up feeling just bummed out. I didn't know and it didn't feel possible to me. And so Jared, he had to work. I think he got one day off for this and he had to go back to work quickly. And my three-year-old and my one-year-old, they needed a caretaker. They needed a mom. And so that became my focus. I just took it hour by hour. I did the bare minimum but I knew that I needed to at least do that for them, to take care of them. I couldn't let my brain wander to the future because that's when my stress and my anxiety and the overwhelm would just kick in. So instead, I just focused on the next task at hand. I kept my head down 
and focused on the one thing I needed to do next in that hour. It was almost as if instead of focusing on that huge mountain that I had to climb in front of me, I put my gaze down and just focused on my feet. I didn't worry about looking up at the huge task ahead, but instead I looked down at the one next step that I needed to take on my journey. For so many years since then, I have found that this is what I have to do when life or my goals or anything feels too big or too overwhelming or too impossible or just too much. And I just didn't see a way for me to do that, to do this big overwhelming thing, to climb this mountain that just felt so big. So instead, I focus on my feet. I put my gaze down and I look at the next little step that I need to take. And then once I took that step, I worked on taking the next step. I didn't let myself look at that huge mountain ahead that just felt insurmountable. But instead, I just looked at the next little baby step on my journey. I promise you that those baby steps, as small as they may seem, they add up. I still remember that as I healed physically and mentally from losing a baby, it all happened in baby steps. One day at a time, one step at a time, one hour at a time. And then suddenly one day, isn't it funny I say the word suddenly because it wasn't suddenly, then slowly, one day, months and months later, I remember waking up and realizing it happened. I woke up with hope, not a sense of dread, not a sense of sadness, but hope. And there wasn't this one-time event that switched everything from sadness to hope, but it was those slow, tiny baby steps that I focused on taking every day, every hour that got me there. I think it's Tony Robbins who says success isn't a one-time event. It's not just something that you can snap your fingers at and suddenly you are changed. It's baby step by baby step. I feel like every podcast episode always comes back to this theme on just focusing on those small choices, on focusing on the small steps. That's just it. That's how the big changes happen. And that's how the results you want in life come to be. There's a four-year gap between my second child, my son, and my third child, another daughter, my sweet rainbow baby. When you experience loss or a miscarriage, there's nothing so bitter as going through that. And if you have the opportunity to have a sweet rainbow child that comes after that loss, there's nothing so sweet. My third child's middle name is actually Joy because of the joy that she brought into my life. It took a really long time for my body to heal physically and then also to heal mentally and then to get pregnant again. But the healing came and the goal that I was working towards of feeling hope again, it came. But it was little by little by little. I know that so many of you are feeling the stress and the anxiety and the overwhelm of the journey that lies ahead for you. For some of you, it might be taking control of your physical health. For others, it might be leaving a marriage or wondering how you will do it as a single parent. For her, some of you, it will be battling cancer or another debilitating disease. It could be taking care of a sick parent or of a child. It could be so many different things, and you know what it is for you. I want to invite you to stop looking at the mountain ahead of you and the unknown of how you are going to scale that mountain and instead focus on your feet. Look down and just figure out what is that next little step that you need to take. Or maybe you even just need to walk in place for a minute and catch your breath. I hope you know that counts as progress too. But just don't stop moving those feet. You stay focused on your feet. And I promise that the change and the hope 
and the results that you are longing for will come. So thank you for joining me today. Like I am each week, I am so glad that you are here. Here's to a great week ahead. Keep on rising, Mama. I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much for listening to the Moms on the Rise podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mommy Tummy Fix program. If you are interested in learning more about how to take care of your body from a place of love, head over to themommytummyfix.com and join our community of over 10,000 women who are finding ways to live a complete and healthy life one small choice at a time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, a rating, and follow along so that you don't miss a single conversation. Keep on rising.